So hello and welcome to Saddlecast, episode 18 for this season with myself, Glyn Price, and Ollie, we're back and we're going to cover a win. This is remarkable. It is remarkable. Second <laughs> win of the league and yeah, not many wins in 2020. Um, it's not been a good year for Shrewsbury Town. So yeah, looking forward to getting to the win. Um, I think it's fair to say I was absolutely buzzing after the game. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. really buzzing. Um, not just the win, but performance as well. Um, but yeah, good, and it's a good time to get a guest on. Yes, we've got someone who's been on every season we've done the podcast so far, uh, Aid Plimmer. So yeah, welcome back on, Aid. Hi, you guys. Hope you're well. Yeah, we're well. Yeah, it's good to have you back on, Aid. We always like to, to get you on a couple of times a season and uh, have, have a bit of your thoughts, really. But I, I guess before we get into the win and everything that's gone on this season, um, I don't know, I, you know, as someone that, you know, I know goes to pretty much every game and, and, and you know, absolutely loves his football like most town fans do. How have you found this break from football? Obviously, we're back to, to games now, but what, what was it like during that period where you were missing the games? Did it change the way you watch them? Has it changed kind of how your lifestyle's going? It's something we haven't really covered too much, Ollie, but I'm just interested as we've got a guest on this week. Yeah, I, I think it, it's been an interesting time, hasn't it? I think mm. um, if I go back to March, um, all of a sudden you've lost your friends, if you like. You've yep. lost your coping strategies, if you like. <laughs> it, you know, even with watching Shrewsbury Town, it, it still is that release, isn't it? It's still that you're going somewhere. And, yeah, I, I'll be honest, personally, I find it quite difficult. I think it was, um, you know, j- just the whole COVID thing was hard, and especially then having to become, in my field, I'm a health and safety manager. So mm. I was then thrust into the light of you're the uh, – the subject matter expert uh, and <laughs> it was like well yeah and it, it was it was really difficult to be honest um i think then when we started to get back into football watching football over the summer in the premier league that that was good and i threw myself into other hobbies and other things like the house my mum dad's house that i'm i'm doing up at the moment um so i've been able to sort of divert my attention to other things mm. and then when we started to watch the town again um when we had that first game, the trial game, I'll be honest, I didn't go because I felt it was a little bit too soon to come back. Okay. Um, and I went to the Accrington game the couple of weeks ago, was it now? Yeah. yeah. Um, and again, the trouble was that I've, I've got my health and safety hat on. So, you know, I couldn't really understand why people weren't being too me as there's quite a big queue to the West Stand. The... Mm gun didn't work the the sensor didn't work and and i was sort of looking at it totally from a, a covid point of view knowing the regulations we've had to put in in our workplace and thinking okay things need to improve a little bit but actually when i sat down and watched the match i loved it i really yeah. enjoyed it it was great being back but i missed the whole thing of waking up on the saturday thinking right, it's six o'clock. Do I really want to get up and go to Portsmouth today? <laughs> yes, of course I do. I'm going to meet my friends, go on the train. I, I have missed that, but maybe that was happening before all this happened. And, mm. You know, when you think back to last season and the cup run and then the way that ended and then we lost that Tramia game and the Oxford game and the whole Sam Ricketts thing. Um I think, you know, it's just, football's just changed, isn't it? And I need maybe to get my love back for it. And it'll mm. come, it will, I know it will. Yeah. When you're watching those games and we kept losing and <laughs> last-minute goals and you sort of thought, and then the Sam Ricketts thing and then the Paul Hurst thing and then obviously we've come with Steve Cottrell, which is a great appointment. Yeah, I think it's going to get time to get back to a, a, a new normal at some point, but we will get back to it. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, it, I'm really looking forward to that day when we do. So yeah, yeah, I, I, Ollie, just to throw back to you then, I think that you know we're going to move on to, to covering Hull in a minute. We'll, we'll talk about the FA Trophy game, but it, it's really interesting, isn't it? That you know, going away and winning at Hull City, it is one of those games that would have really got people to, to kind of come back into it and fall back into love. A win away at such a good place, and it's it is such a shame really that we can't go to away games and and, and have these sorts of memories that we were creating before the COVID situation. Yeah, it's one of those. Um those games isn't it where like before the game kicked off I was sitting at home in the warm with a cup of tea watching the game thinking mm. saying to my wife oh you know I'm glad I haven't been on the you know the M18 for two hours and I'm in Hull <laughs> which yeah. is um you know I've been to Hull a few times and been out one of my mates from um, school went to uni there so I know Hull fairly well um and but then obviously yeah, at the end of the game yeah getting the train back or you know whatever would have been real good fun and it would have been that collective feel of a you know yeah. a big big away win um so yeah there's just two sides to both these things of course 
Yeah, it's interesting. It was, it was good to catch up with you there, Eddie. Anyway, Eddie, you took us all through the, the, the last sort of six months there and, and everything that's gone on. And, and we'll probably ask you a little bit more about, you know, what happened with Ricketts at the end there towards the end of the podcast, really. But I suppose, Ollie, before we get on to the positives of, of this week, and then it certainly was a massive positive, we did have one game that you, you like to cover in your 30-second bites, don't you, Um, where we played in the EFL Trophy this week and, and, and got knocked out? Yeah, we did. So, yeah, we played in the EFL Trophy in the week. I watched it more just to see how the players would perform um, in, yeah. in Steve Cottrell's style. Um, I think it's fair to say that, um, yeah, there isn't a lot of um, depth in the squad in terms of players that are ready to jump into the first team. Um, and I think it's probably mm. helpful as well for the manager to see, you know, what some of the, the reserve players are like. Um, I think a few players, yeah, kind of didn't do so well. Um a couple of players maybe did a bit better, but yeah, there's not really much to take away. Probably more for the manager to learn in terms of January prep than anything else. And and I yeah, guess yeah. in some ways a positive, um, you know, in, in a season you're doing really, really well, um, you know, the trophy can be a positive. Um, but in a season when, you know, you need your best team fit and ready, and we saw the benefit of having a week off this week, I think um, less games is a good thing. It's just, yeah, as you you like to sometimes say, the cups can be a bit of a distraction. I think a, yeah. a DPFL trophy run this year might not have been best for our for our relegation no. battle, but yeah, who knows really? We'll, we'll have to see. Uh, we'll have to see where our serious Cottrell takes it next season, I suppose, because I'm sure he'll still be here. But yeah, I don't know, Wally. I, I suppose yeah, it's 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 back to us both watching on the follow on the iFollow, and obviously, Aid, you, you were saying you'd watched it online as well because we couldn't go to this game. So yeah, unlike the last couple of weeks where I've been at games and you haven't, Ollie, we're kind of back on the same back on the same footing. So yeah, should we get straight stuck into Shrewsbury Town one whole City nil? So, yeah, as we said, Hull City, top of the league, nil. Shrewsbury Town, pretty much bottom of the league, one. The coupon buster. Um, I saw a lot of people describing this as last week because I don't think uh, don't think many people saw this result coming. We certainly didn't last week, Holly. But, yeah, our goal from Charlie Daniels on 27 minutes. But, yeah, I mean, the, the stats were pretty stark, weren't they, before the game? Hull had not lost in five. We hadn't won in 11. So, as I say, home banker all the way, but it wasn't to be. Um, yeah, and it's interesting just starting to look at some of these early stats for for uh, Steve Cottrell, really, because, um, you know, it's a bit early. It's three games in Ollie, but his PPG is pretty good now. He's, he's got a higher PPG than, than, than points per game, I should say, before any any of the managers in the New Meadow era so far. So, long may that continue. Another win and he'll be, he'll be well ahead. Um, and I, I was going to ask Aid about this one, actually. But, yeah, it's the first time we've won at Hull um, since 1997, Aid. And I was wondering if that was a game you were at. Yes, I was. And I've got a story to tell about that. Oh, there you go. Um, I played for the race supporters. We ran up in a minibus. Uh, we went to uh, a pub called The Three Tons, where we'd normally go to. And there's a, mm. we used to know a guy from the city in Japan. I'm sorry, his, his, his name escapes me, which is the whole city fanzine. Really good. We really got on with them well. Anyway, as we were coming home, the minibus uh, developed a fault. And we finally broke down just outside... Um, muckley corner i think it's called God. we went in this pub it's no longer there anymore it's offices and uh the landlord allowed us in for a couple of beers and then decided he didn't like the look of us and uh <laughs> we uh we ended up being sort of asked to leave the premises and what we found out later was that uh, they were having a lock-in and didn't want us there <laughs> you've got 12 lads uh not really knowing what to do i, I think winnie and um, a guy called steve norris used to play for us back then um, we managed to get um, an AA relay, but they could only take a certain amount of people. So the rest of us had to get taxis from Litchfield oh, uh, all the way back to Shrewsbury. We, we got them at, at some silly hour in the morning, but it was worth it because we won for one. And, no, there you, uh, go. you know, I remember standing on that terrace by the supermarket and going absolutely nuts, you know, and it was <laughs> one of those wonderful games. And then, the last time we played at, uh, the, as it was the KC Stadium then, uh, of course, we lost 2-0 and that was the year we went down. I think we all realised that that game, that was probably one of the games we thought, yeah, we're oh. going, you know, going to non-league and yeah. quite a, an interesting atmosphere around us at the time. But yeah, so Hull, Hull does bring back some good memories, that's for sure. There you go. 23 years, Eddie, hasn't time's flying, hasn't it? There we go. But yeah, I, I suppose, Ollie, yeah, we was a bit before my time, really, 97. I was in, oh, I probably was 17 then. I probably could have been going, but I, I don't remember going to that game. But interesting reflections. Um, I suppose the last thing, I wanted a good omen, Ollie, for this start from Steve Cottrell. So when um, Paul Hurst came in um, to try and save us from relegation after Mickey Mallon went, he started with exactly the same record, same amount of points and same amount of goals for and against. And he obviously kept us up so 
<clears throat> take that as a good omen, Ollie. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, yeah, fingers <laughs> crossed. Obviously, yeah. on Tuesday night, it could all look a little bit different. Um, so, yes, yeah, it's definitely some encouraging signs. Um, and, yeah, going into the game, obviously, we had not won in 11 and Hull had not lost in five. Um, so, yeah, in terms of, yeah, it was definitely an accumulation buster um, on, on Saturday. Mm. In terms of the team, I was very pleased. I, as you know, I often guessed the team on Saturday. Um, and I was right. So, we had Sarsic in goal and Williams, Ebanks and Pierre in the back three. Camilla, Norburn, Vela, Goss, Daniels in midfield, and then Walling and Doe up front. Um, so, yeah, I was quite pleased with that. And um, just before kind of the game starts, there was a uh, in the pre match, um, Cottrell was talking about, you know, his philosophy and how he, he kind of prepares the team. And he says, that, you know, he he's his primary focus is kind of focusing on, on what we do with the ball. Um, but I think it's fair to say that um, he'd also prepared the team excellently um, for this one. And um, yeah, Aid, I thought this was a bit of a defensive masterclass in terms of how we set the team up to null the this kind of the strengths of the opposition, in particular Honeyman, who's, who's one of the better players in this league. It's interesting, is it? You think sort of the way Lincoln played, and they played out from the back as well, didn't they? And then you looked at the way Hull did, and it seemed like we learned the lesson from Tuesday night. So we closed down, we pressed, and it was really good to see. Um, yeah, again, that's an experienced manager against an inexperienced manager, isn't it? it? It's somebody who's been in the game and, and would think, right, how are we going to set ourselves up to be positive, but also make sure the back door's closed? I, did, I kind of noticed it in the game, his movement was quite strange. I, I didn't really kind of twig it at the time. I mean, this one is great, actually, having a manager who's actually prepared to share a bit of information with the fans and the media. Because I kept noticing Ollie Norburn kept make, kind of taking up kind of almost what it looked like at first, odd positions. And But then on reflection with the post-match, it was actually that he was basically not, he was forcing um, basically the angles off from Honeyman on his left foot. Um, so, yeah, little things like that we did through the game had a big impact. And, yeah, Glenn, I think you'd fair to say, you know, a clean sheet um, was more than you expected. Oh, certainly. I thought we were going to get battered. I, I'd say about, go back to the team selection, really. We'll just quickly talk about that. When they when they set up, really, and played that first few minutes, I, I was a bit kind of confused about the one thing that I thought that... Um, that Cotter had done, which was taking Vela out that number 10 role he'd done so well against Charlton in and, and swapping him and putting Goss in the more advanced role and, and then letting Vela sit deep. And I, I you know, initially thought, well, that's that risky. I'm not sure that's the day to be doing that away at the top of the league table. I was more than happy to be proved wrong on that because Goss and Vela, and, and particularly Vela sitting in that deep role using his energy, both played really well and, and were a big part of the, of the reason we went on to win the game. So, yeah, it's yeah. interesting isn't it? when you, you see players in different positions, Aid, sometimes you can you can think from your own um, prejudgments that won't work. And when you've got a manager as experienced, as we're probably going to keep saying over the next few weeks, Ollie, when you've got a manager that experience who seems to know what he's doing, these moves don't seem so crazy when they when they sort of did under Ricketts, really, Aid. No, I totally agree there, Glenn. I, th- I think the interesting thing was um, in the post-match that Goss said he'd played as a number 10 previously. So I wonder if there'd been a conversation. And, and no, he's he said he did when he was a kid. Yeah. He's never done it as a professional. Oh, uh, well, uh, yeah, but even then, you, you sort of get that understanding, don't you? Yeah. And, and he's quite a tall guy, you know, Gary Patterson-esque yeah. a little way. Mm. You sort of think, yeah, it, it, it could work. And when you saw him pushing on, I thought, well, where's Vela? Why isn't he there? You know, yeah. he, he wasn't. And um, But, yeah, fair play to Goss. He, he was superb, wasn't he? Yeah. Exactly. Brilliant. And his pass percentage was, like, over 80%. Wow. Um, and brilliant. really, also really interesting is that Vela's was ninety one percent. Yeah, Goldborn, uh, Norburn was a bit less, but he probably he did do a lot more passing um, than Vela. Yeah, um, Norburn's definitely an outlet for the team. Um, but yeah, Goss was superb in that position and certainly helped. Um, certainly yeah. helped the team. And yeah, that for me at the start of the game for me that was the the biggest observation. Yeah, luckily Lewis Cox confirmed it because sometimes you're on TV, so watching TV can be a little bit hard sometimes to see the position of the players. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was a really good decision, and yeah, it's just a sign of a manager who kind of knows what he's doing, is confident enough to make these kind of calls. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, it, it, for me, I, it will just quick, quickly round upon that midfield and that sort of initial thing. But you know, we can say this is one of our best performances of the season, obviously, because we haven't won very many games, but we we played well for ninety minutes. But in terms of a midfield three, uh, I could probably get behind this going forward, Ollie. I, I'm not just saying that because we won, but there was just a bit more balance, wasn't there? They they seemed to kind of didn't run out of legs as the game went on. Those three, um, whereas you kind of get that with Edwards and some of the other midfielders this season. So uh, you know, if that's going to be the, the way it works, and maybe Goss and, and Vela te- top top and tail each other's positions, just depending on the position that the game we're Playing, but I don't know. With Cottrell, I'm, I'm starting to think that maybe we won't get a, a, a sort of consistent selection. He will play teams in play players in positions for that specific game because that's what experienced managers do. So it's going to be interesting to to see how that goes on, Ollie. But you know, we're talking about positives. We should really get on to the game, Ollie. But it was a great start, to be fair, wasn't it? We really set our store out from the first minute. I thought in terms of, of having a go. 
Yeah, we did. We I thought we started well. Um, I, I think it's fair to say Hull had probably the first chance when Emmanuel ran inside, cut inside, had a shot. Um, but yeah, he, he kind of shot because he didn't really have many other options, and that was came a trend as the game went on. Um, but yeah, I guess Juju's first chance really was when there was a foul on Goss, probably a bit too close. Um, he took the free kick and it went um, straight to the, to the keeper. Um, and yeah, we're right to keep commenting on Vela. Um, so the whole break quickly from the goalkeeper. Um, but Vela cuts across onto the right-hand side and stops the counter-attack. Um, and that work ethic and that commitment um, yeah, was uh, yeah, probably one of the, the, for me, one of the biggest takeouts from the whole game. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, Aid, what, what you know, in terms of that and, and, and Vela and, and stuff like that, one of the other things I noticed straight away was, um, you know, in in first 10, 15 minutes as we went on, the defence were looking much more solid. And what what have you noticed really under Cottrell in these first three, four games that he's had in terms of what he's been able to give the defence in terms of maybe confidence or positioning? Have you noticed any any differences there? Because they, they're looking a little bit more solid, aren't they? Not until this game, really. I'll okay. be really honest with you. I thought I thought this game was the one it really showed that yeah. there'd obviously been some coaching. And there'd obviously been some direction about what to do. They almost looked like the back three almost looked like they were back to the best, didn't they? There were still one or two little rickety moments, but it, it did look a lot more solid and they seemed to be a lot more confident. And that was through the team. And I think the fact we were pressing as well, that we were closing people down, oh, that was just a joy to watch, you know. And you just thought, oh, at last, you know, we're starting to get somewhere, aren't we? Yeah, I just want to comment actually on the defensive point. That was a good. That's something that um, Pooley, um, when he came on, Andrew Davis said when he came on the pod, um, yeah. and, he, and there was a comment in the post match um, about shoulders and opening your shoulders out. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I don't like to kind of guess. And I asked Pooley what he meant, and he said, "So yeah, closed shoulders is when there's a lack of awareness and the head, head on the swivel, and open your shoulders lay to mark more effectively and attack the ball mm-hmm. better." And as you say, yeah the first time we kind of seen a benefit in terms of defence with Cottrell's coaching and it sounds like he's taken them back to a bit of basics and one of the frustrations we had is that we kept making the same mistake but clearly the manager spotted this and worked on it and he's given the the players praise um, in the in the post-match. Mm, absolutely and again I think as we said you, you see that footage you see how well we did and obviously something has changed and, and thankfully it's got us three points too. And I think to add to that as well, you know, in terms of, of, of that tactical part of the game, we, we shouldn't underestimate, you know, the, 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 the sort of fabled new manager bounce. You might not always get necessarily get it with a result. You know, we've obviously only won the one league game under Cottrell so far, but there's definitely been that that bounce of, of looking at sort of the attitude of players. And, and, you know, they put a seven minute training video out on the YouTube channel last week. And, you know, it looks to be like everyone was in good spirits there. And, and you know, obviously a lot more maybe intensity going on in training potentially than what was going on before. And, you know, that new manager bounce doesn't necessarily always translate into results, but just someone coming in and sweeping through the door and kind of getting rid of those cobwebs and problems they'd been before. And maybe, you know, the, the lingering issues with a player like Goss who was frozen out, it's suddenly not. And it just brings everyone a little bit back together, I think. And you're all kind of starting on that level playing field. And I just think like that maybe frees up their minds a little bit, Ollie, and, and gets rid of some of those those nervous issues we were struggling with. I'm not. I, don't, I can't. Don't see this as a new manager bounce, because um, for me, a new manager bounce is when I don't know you go from a huge low to huge high. And I think that you know we kind of. I think it's more of a gradual progression under Cottrell. Obviously, the results are really good, and we haven't lost. So I guess mm. in that way, it's a bounce. But for me. I don't see it as a huge bounce. It's just kind of like yeah, solid progress over over a couple of weeks. I I, I would say drawing with the teams that are first, fifth, and tenth in the league is a massive, absolute massive bounce from losing to MK Dons. And, yeah, and maybe with a win. It I is, don't know. I just think yeah, I don't know. I always think for me, I always think of big manager bounces when you know you just like yeah, go for, you to start thrashing teams and stuff. I don't know. Maybe maybe yeah, a bit too hard. I agree with you, and I, I just that's why I kept saying during that bit. Then it's not necessarily about results. It's about that that attitude and that fresh start and and just that that fresh coat of paint you know for everybody to kind of just kind of start again really and and you know that's even regardless of whether we lost the last three I think you would have you know seen better performances and there's been more there to be excited about in terms of attacking and and some of the ways we're setting up that yeah that's the bounce I'm talking about it just gives definitely those players than a lift. Sam, we've yeah. definitely seen a better reaction from when Sam Ricketts sure. came in so Steve Potter has made a, a discernible difference and you can certainly yeah. see a difference in the team um, which is really positive Defer. Anyway, back to the game, Ollie. What was what was next? We're sort of 10, 10 minutes in there, weren't we? Yeah, after so this, this thought was quite interesting. Um, so f- um, Hull's fullbacks both like to bomb on, and they're quite key in how they play in terms of their assists and their and their kind of possession. And um, we we'll put a nice ball into the back of the back of Emmanuel, who's playing right right back. Um, Wally gets the ball. He goes into space. He cuts back for Gosby. Gets kind of cut out. 
gets recycled. Um, yeah, Goss um, dummies and Norbert has a shot and goes for a corner. Um, and yeah, I thought that was a really, really good bit of play. And I was watching the extended highlights and the, the, the commentator, not Stu Dunn, this is a neutral guy, said mm. it's hard to tell which side of these is bottom, which of those is top. Um, which I think is fair, fair, fair summary of the, probably the first half overall. We definitely dominated. Yeah, and there was a few counterattacks where we, we could yeah. have done a bit better. I know that Cotter talks about that and we'll talk about it in the future, but there was one where we I think we uh, we had they had corn, didn't we? And we, we built a really nice attack, and unfortunately, Ado kind of uh, sort of let us down on that attack. I remember there was another one where Wally fired wide as well. And, yeah. you know, uh, I noticed he said it in the post match aid, but, you know, it is something that Cotter was saying, you know, we can be better at that. We can be better on those counterattacks, especially when we're playing the better teams. Yeah, absolutely. But I think, again, what was great to see was the fact we were positive mm. on the front foot, playing some quite intricate football and, and the telling pass and getting some really good crosses in. And, you know, listening to it and watching it again today, it was just like, yeah, flip out. We, we haven't been doing this for ages, have we? And I, I just sort of thought, right, th this shows that we've actually taken on board what we were doing wrong. We're trying to put it right. And actually, we're now becoming a bit more of an enjoyable side to watch rather than the rickets ball that we've seen previously. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, did, Colin, did you think Daniels was harshly booked for time-wasting on that throw? <laughs> I, I thought, I want, well, I don't know. It's up to the referee. He was just trying to stamp his authority down. It's a bit harsh to think we were wasting time 30 minutes into a game at nil-nil, but I don't know, maybe he'd seen our record and their record and assumed that we were just trying to cling on for dear life, which wasn't the case, you know. I don't Obviously, think he was time-wasting. I thought it was no. a bit harsh. But... Yeah, it was really, yeah, that's what I said, yeah. So, But I was thinking, what a way to end 2020 it would have been if Daniels had got sent off for a second booking for wasting time in the second half, taking a throw. Two yellow cards <laughs> and sent off for wasting time at a throw. Luckily, it didn't come to that. And interestingly, yeah, it kind of prompted us to, to bomb on and, and get the gold in there. Yeah, really nice bit of play. Um, so Daniels takes the throw into Vela. Um, he passes to Goss, who passes to Worley, who plays a ball into a doe, who's really brave um, and gets a flick on. And then Daniels comes into the box and a cool as you like, calm finish. And mm -hmm. he dinks the ball over the keeper. Um, and yeah, fantastic goal. And yeah, nice to see a lot of players involved um, and a really, really calm finish to take a deserved lead. Yeah, it's about times, you know, we scored a goal from open play as well, isn't it? And I suppose two two things, really, what you made of the goal and, and what have you made of Daniel since he joined the club and his, maybe, maybe his progression so far? Yeah, I mean, first of all, the goal, wow. Mm -hmm. um, very much like that goal at Millwall, wasn't it, four years yep. ago? It really reminded me of that. And I sort of thought, yeah, there's a lot of synergies between where we are now and where we were then. So I think that's the first thing, the intricacy, the, the way that, as you say, uh, Adu sort of is really strong and goes in and gets the flick and that Daniels reads it. And that that's the thing. Daniels might be old in age, but he's got a good football brain on him and he can mm -hmm. use that where he hasn't got the pace. So, yeah, he, he isn't the quickest guy in the world. We know that. But he can read a game and that proved it. And the finish, I mean... You know, if you watch Match of the Day tonight, if somebody, if Sterling had done it or whoever had done that, you know, we'd be waxing <laughs> lyrical, wouldn't we? And yeah. and I thought about it after, I thought, that was hell of a finish. So, yeah, fair play. And I just thought, right, you know, are, are we on our way back? Let's hope so, because that was just a brilliant goal to score. And Ollie, I have to say about Daniels as this game went on, his legs seem to be lasting a little bit longer into every game. He's definitely not 100% match fit still, I don't think, but week on week, I, I definitely can see progression in terms of how long he's lasting into games. Yeah, he's definitely improved. Mm. Um, and yeah, definitely second half, he was putting some good pressure on the man on yeah. the ball and he seems a lot more mobile as well. Um, I think he's always been trying. I don't think we can ever yep. criticise the commitment, but you're right. I think he's getting fitter and yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him in January. Um but yeah, I thought we went into. I thought the one thing just worth commenting actually on the second end of the second half is we started to pick up a few yellows, yep. and we were doing a few tactical fouls as well, and we just stopped them breaking, um, yep. and it helped us to get to um, um, half time one nil up. I mean, they they were pretty bad first half, weren't they? I mean, I yeah. remember I think I was listening to the commentary and they were like, "Oh, won't be that bad second half." And to be honest with you, they weren't much better. But um, yeah, it was interesting how poor they were really. And then it was one of those ones: was it an off day for um for Hull, or was it was it just that we we nullified them and were clever and tactically astute and and put all of the effort in we needed to? And I, I actually think as as much as they looked poor, we we were the ones that made them look that poor first half. You know, as Aid said, the pressing was good. Um, everybody kind of was was really on it in terms of their passing. I know you've got some stats on that, Ollie, but you know, there was there was a lot to like about it. And when the defence did come under a little bit of pressure, which there wasn't, 
the back three basically headed everything away or, or made the tackles they needed to. And the fullbacks got forward more than they probably needed to defend. And so in terms of a, of a first half, you know, being 1-0 up away, away at the, the, the league leaders, certainly probably the best first half we've had this season. I think we've had maybe a couple of half-decent ones, but it was it was fantastic to watch. It was entertaining. We still didn't create enough, enough sort of shots on target, Ollie, and, and then could probably say that across the whole game, but that's just nitpicking really and I'm sure against teams that aren't quite as good as Hull um, that the, the goals and the chances will come even more so uh, you know it was just lovely to come to half time and, and think yes that's great but you know as a huge town fan this season I wasn't sure the job was done no I do, yeah we just yeah you're not sure what's going to happen do you um, and I guess I guess in terms of a complete performance for me that was the most consistent performance we've seen over 90 minutes yeah I would agree under yeah. Sam Ricketts we saw some peaks and then some big drops in the second half um, and yeah, for me, this was very much a consistent performance, which is a lot better to see, a lot calmer. Um, yeah, we were quite calm on the ball as well. I don't know if that was, the, again, was that the circumstance? I think the pitch maybe helped as well. Um, and the fact that it was quite boggy and it was quite hard to close down. Mm. Um, but at the same time, we also did really well on the ball, um, which links me to a, um, a comment I saw um, on Twitter um, where, from a Hull fan where they said, how on earth are they 23rd? One of the best teams we've played all season. <laughs> All over the park, strong and quick, and played some good stuff too. Um, and yeah, you know, if, if I'd have told you, Glenn, you know, if I was a time traveller and I come to you and said, in a few weeks' time, you're going to hear this, you never would have believed that. Not when we went 5-1 down to Peterborough. I would have said you were having some sort of uh, brain brain problems, Ollie. But <laughs> yeah, it's been a massive turnaround from that moment in time. And I just wish Cottrell had come in earlier, but we've, we've had our say on that. I mean, one of the things just as we get into the second half and, and kind of covered by the first half as well is obviously McGin- McGinnis is a good player for them and has, has scored against us before and has, has been a problem whenever we've come across him for a variety of teams. But Aid, talk about the back three and ha- how well they played against him and his physicality. And when we play against someone like that, you know, we're, we're usually a little bit better, aren't we? Because those three all possess the physicality to, to match and even better any kind of striker like that. And, and it was fantastic to see, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And we've been waiting for that for a while, haven't we? Those three last season were doing that week in, week out. And it was a little bit strange when they stopped doing it. But I think, again, it was the whole point of the press. It was the whole point of the the the, the, the wing backs, if you like. They're not really wing backs, are they? But they were pushing on. That meant the midfield was pushing on. That meant Goss was able to get in positions. We pushed back their midfield. I think uh, Doherty was then quite far back, wasn't he? He wasn't in his advanced roles like yeah. he normally did with us and I, I thought then I thought yeah you know it, it, we, we've got their number a little bit there were a couple of times there were a couple of headers when their free kicks come in and you thought yeah a bit more accurate maybe they could have scored from but mm. you know we, we we rode our luck in that sense a little bit but it, it's just good to see that we had a back three that weren't going to crumble and how many times we've we seen that this season that they have you know yesterday they didn't yeah, I think that's fair, isn't it, Ollie? And yeah. there wasn't actually that much happened second half for us to cover, but no. I would agree with Aid before I throw it back to you, is that there wasn't any of those moments where you you, you had your heart in your mouth with those back three. And that's the first time for quite a while, um, other than maybe Cambridge. And the, well, and actually, Cambridge in the Cup was, was ropey, wasn't it? But they, they just looked and felt more solid. And you weren't worried when they came forward. You, you figured something had happened and, and we'd clear the ball. Yeah, I think, I think in defence of the back three, I think that the players in front of them helped them out. For sure, yeah. Um, you know, we were a lot better at closing down space, a lot better at cutting the angles, a lot better at stopping crosses. Um, but at the same time, you're completely right. And as we said, you know, they were they were defending well. Um, they were aware, they were calm, um, and they were a lot better when balls did come into the box. We won a lot of headers, we cleared a lot of balls. Um, but yeah, it's worth saying that they didn't have any shots on target, which nope. considering they had the, I did look at this earlier today, they, had the, they normally have about nearly five shots on target per game and they're the fourth Crazy. in the best for league for shots on target. Um, so wow. that just shows you how well we performed and how well we formed front to back. And yeah. in terms of defending, defending from the front, um, we haven't mentioned Ado yet, um, but his work ethic. Um, and for me, that was, I feel really sorry for him because, yeah, he, you know, he wants to get a goal and he'll need to get a goal to kind of be a, uh, you know, a really good League One goal scorer um, and a good striker in this division. But in terms of everything else, oh man, he was absolutely superb, wasn't he, on, on Saturday? Yeah, he was. To be fair, I, I would wonder if it had been Daniels flicking the ball into Ado's path for the goal, would Ado have scored the goal as well as Daniels did? That's the sad thing about it, isn't it? Is does he quite have a finishing ability? But you cannot question the man's work rate. I mean, I'll, I'll give the game away. I gave him man of the match, and I'm sure quite a lot of people did. His work rate was brilliant, and his physicality in terms of holding the ball up and moving it on, and very rarely giving the ball away, was absolutely pivotal to us when we, we played the well played the way we did second half. And you know, we, we've lamented us losing Faye over the years on this podcast aid, but you know, if, if he can get a couple 
couple more goals and, and start to add that to his game. There's there's, there's certainly some pro- prospects there that you know Ado can step up and, and maybe maybe fill that gap in that we, we did when we lost with Faye, really. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think, it, again, it just labours the point about why did we let Okunabiri go? Because mm. in this system, he would have been brilliant, wouldn't he, with Ado? Yeah. Um, I thought he, he was... It, that was his best game for town. I thought he, yeah. he was solid. Um, he wasn't my man of the match, but it was it was by fine margins. You know, mm. sorry, Mickey Ballard. But, <laughs> um, you know, with all due respect, he, he was brilliant. He, he looked strong, didn't he? He looked confident. He took yeah. the ball to hole. He, he was doing those intricate little passes. Yeah, I mean, that, that was his best performance. And it, it was just a joy to see, wasn't it? And Ollie, I think, you know, when we talk about people, players who are sort of stepping up under Cottrell, it's hard to look really beyond. Uh, obviously, everyone stepped it up a little bit, but, you know, he certainly seems to be enjoying his running the team, the faith the manager's placed in him, really, and, and the way it's going, doesn't it? Yeah, he just needs to get those goals. Um, he's inconsistent as well. Um, he did really well a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, he struggled against um, strong centre-backs against Charlton. Uh, yeah, but yeah, he needs that consistency. But yeah, he saw uh, he he surprised me actually. I, he, I did see a lot more from him on Saturday, um, and with the right manager and the right coach, and also having um, the the assistant manager who was a striker and played you know nearly twenty years as a pro. He you know he's got the perfect coach there. Um, so mm. we're interested to see how he performs. You know, in terms of recruitment and, and strengthening the team, I think I'd like to see um, a better striker. Well, be interested to see how Leon Clark does when he comes back. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'd like just to see another striker. But yeah, him and another striker, yeah, could be quite a, a, a damaging um, threat going forward for the opposition. Yep, I totally agree, and, and I was really impressed with it. In terms of you just said, I was you were surprised by someone. I thought that it would be a good time, Ollie, to bring up uh, Ollie Norburn because. Uh, you know, we had our discussion last week and, you know, there were some things I said I wished I could see from Ollie Norburn a bit more and I couldn't fault him on Saturday. I'll, I'll say that, you know, we're not, you know, I'm not always going to stand by every opinion and not, never change from it. The man was really good on Saturday and there was a moment in the second half um, where they had a really good counter attack and he ran his bollocks off to get to the back, right on the edge of the box. The guy cut it back and he just, he was in the perfect position to just close that off, take that problem away. And he did that quite a lot of times during the game. And I have to say, you know, if he's going to sit deep, and that's the role he wants to do behind a Goss and, and maybe a Vela and, and just sweep everything up and do the dirty work. And he does it as well as he did on Saturday. I've no, I've no problem with that, really. You know, and, and you know, it's good, it's good to see, you know, because I was really harsh on him last week. And, you know, there's definitely a player in there. I mean, we spoke about it last week, but, you know, he's been below par maybe 80 this season. And, and if he can step it up, he'll certainly help us in a relegation battle, won't he? Yeah, again, I thought he played pretty well yesterday and again I've been looking for that type of performance from him but it's interesting I think when our midfield three are doing what they're doing uh you know we, we just we're able to go as a machine aren't we the engine's running and yeah. uh, we can go forward so yeah it, it's always interesting I think to understand where Norburn's position is what is he really trying to do but he seems to be able to pick up pieces from the back three and then try and pass it through whereas I think under Ricketts we're hitting a lot of long balls to the channels weren't we yeah, for sure. But it's good to see, wasn't it, Ollie, after our discussion last week? Yeah, no, yeah, it was really good. Um, and then, yeah, I guess in terms of second half, probably worth closing off, there's really too much to say. Um, I thought um, Edwards coming on to play more of a central three, I thought was a yep. good a good decision um, and kind of kind of nullified the game a bit more. Um, and then we closed the game out, which was just really refreshing. And I'm sure you enjoyed that Tom Eves didn't really get on the end of those opportunities he had. <laughs> Well, it was, there was two things at the end of the game. Yeah, one, we closed the game out in quite a... Uh, we didn't quite have a corner forward, but we certainly were going for the corner in those last five minutes and closing the game out in a bit more professional manner than we were doing under Ricketts. And obviously, that's one of the reasons we went on to win the game, I suppose. But oh, you got you got to love Tom Eves. He, he helped us win the game, to be honest Because when he came on, he was diabolically bad. He, he's so cumbersome and he was kind of got for a header and it had spiral 50p off in the other direction and there was a moment where he tried to control the ball on the byline and he just let it go out under his foot and there was another one where he did a pass and it just went straight out of play and yeah good old Tom he, he's, he's done something to help us uh, for the first time since that first spell at our club where he was quite good not so much the second time so yeah always good to see Tommy have a bit of a shocker against us uh, Aid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't he? he's, he's not one of my favourite players I think he probably tries too hard doesn't he yeah. I think that was one of those occasions yesterday again. You could see he was all nervous. He was all tense. When, when he relaxes, he, he is quite a good player, isn't he? But, uh, yeah, he, he's not. He's sort of on my naughty step list, that's for sure. <laughs> did, did you think the same about um, Doherty, what AD just said there, about a bit of a nervousness and a bit of a will to impress because he was playing against us and he was he was obviously player of the season, wasn't he? And, you know, kind of the first time he's come across us since then. Do you think he kind of maybe had a bit more pressure on him than he looked? Because he looked like he was playing with the weight of the world on his shoulders during the second half, I thought. 
I think maybe it was a combination of two things. Well, maybe three yeah. things. Like obviously, we don't really know. Obviously, really, I mean, the whole players and the management staff really know the truth. But for mm-hmm. me, I think there's maybe a little bit they thought this would be an easy win. So maybe that played oh, a part. Um, I think the fact that we set up and were really good. Um, and maybe they just blow par as well. So maybe just maybe yeah. a combination of all three things. You were, I'm in an RNA. You, you, you yeah. It, no, what I was going to say was it was interesting. Do you remember like sometimes with Tony sort of drifting and out of games, yeah. he'd have games yeah, and yeah. show up. That game yesterday, I thought was saying he, he was seen to be playing almost in front of their back three or back four. And, and then he sort of tried and push up. But the time he sort of got into play... It, the opportunity wasn't there for him. There was that one chance in the corner, wasn't there, that he followed yeah. over and you think, yeah, that, that's that's more like yeah. it. But apart from that, no, he didn't show anything, did he? No. no that that no, chance didn't. you mentioned, oh, uh, Aid was basically the only chance they had second half. I thought there was any good where he, he kind of, I think it was he, he put the cross in a honeymoon volley over, didn't he? But yeah, it was it, it was, was two chances they had, wasn't there? There was a short oh, was, corner yeah. they kind of played oh, that and then a shot for um for docket that went over um and yeah. then there was there this chance for um honeyman um in yeah. in the in the box um yeah. and he couldn't he couldn't do anything so yeah really well defended from shrewsbury um and yeah um, you know full time i was absolutely ecstatic you were just wishing them to hold on with all the trouble we've had in injury time and late goals and late penalties it was you know I, i'm not going to pretend i wasn't nervous during those last five minutes as, as well as we played um but you know i thought that they saw it out in probably one of the more professional ways that we, we have done for quite a long time so just just to get that win aid it, it psychologically was was huge for me i think and um definitely the sort of thing we needed with the, with this run being very difficult and how far behind we would have gone with another loss it was it was massive wasn't it regardless of the, the quality of opposition just to get that win stop that run just massive all round yeah, absolutely. Because I think if we'd have lost that game, looking at the league table tonight, I mean, yeah, we, we'd have been in real trouble, wouldn't we? And mm. it's just given us that little bit of thought that Cottrell, yeah, he can turn this around. Whereas maybe even on Tuesday night, I was sort of thinking, yeah, maybe he's looking at us being a, a League Two championship team next season, a, a promotion team, I should say. Whereas now you sort of get the feeling, well, if we, if we can get results like that at Hull, and yeah, we've got two massive games coming up in the next yeah. seven, eight days. Let's not be you know, silly about it. But it does give you that little bit of a thought process that actually... You know we are able to uh, to stay up this season, and I think that was a hope. I mean, you know, this time next week when we're all sitting here, we'll we'll see where we are. But yeah. at least you think he can influence the side to play in a certain style that can get results for us now, which is brilliant. It's interesting you say about the league table, and um, we'll talk about this later. Let's talk about it now. Yeah. So if we hadn't won, we'd have been eleven points, so two mm-hmm. points below Burton Albion. Um, but actually, it takes us up to 22nd with two teams yep. below us. Um, and yeah, let's not get too excited. You know, get a result against um, a win against Lincoln would be a surprising result because in considering their second. Um, but if we did and the teams around us don't win, we'd be on 17 points and out of the relegation zone. Yep. Um, and then by Saturday, you never know. Let's get two. Let's not. Let's get even higher. Um, <laughs> you know, we could be way out of the relegation zone, and it's just. You know, and that was the thing what we were calling for. We need to change quickly because we didn't want to gap to form those three points and those draws as well. Picking up those points as a draw um, is huge. Um, and yeah, the the kind of the, the great escape is definitely on. Yeah, I mean, on one point on Saturday, we went bottom of the league. So yeah. if we recovered to save ourselves, we did it from officially being bottom of the league at one point during the season, which would be pretty impressive. And um, yeah, it, as I said, the, the psychological impact of it is massive. And um, I, yeah, I honestly think if we can if we can back it another win in the next two, you know, if it's the Sunderland home game, but we lose at Lincoln, that, that is more than acceptable. It, it, you know, it's more not more than acceptable. That is way above what I would have expected across these three games. So it's a great platform to move on from now, Ollie, for me. Yeah, and it's worth noting we were having a chat with before the game kind of started, and people were saying potentially, you know, this is a must-win game and stuff. Yeah. yeah, obviously we didn't, we wanted to win, but for me, it wasn't a must-win because there's still 30 games to go left, so there's still yeah, two thirds yeah. of the season to go. But yeah, obviously getting out, getting out the the relegation zone quicker um, is obviously a positive. Yeah, who knows? COVID might get worse and the season might get curtailed and we're back to points per game. So I don't want to linger around in the bottom four any any more than possible, really. So absolutely huge. I, I suppose we'll start with Banner Match. I've obviously given the game away, but we'll, we'll start with Aid first. Who, who are your top three, Aidy? Right, well, I'm going to start off with uh, Goss because I thought that was okay. his best game for us in an absolute age. I thought wow. he was 
positive. He he really um, you know took the the ball between the horns, and and I thought that was a performance that was worthy of man of the match. But Adu, you know, was so close to winning mm. it for me. He was absolutely brilliant and fair play to him. He, he it was great to see him. Um, you know, I think show what he can do. We, we we're all going to say, yeah, he needs to score goals. I think that could come, yeah. um, and I think he certainly did when he was at Telford. So let, let's see. But well done to him; he was brilliant. And then Charlie Daniels gets my third place. I thought again for that goal, that finish. Wow, you know, absolutely brilliant performance for him. Brizard team, we played really well. So well done to the guys that did really well. Yeah, it's it was harsh when we do the top three, and we've gone through the game, and we haven't mentioned how well Pierre played, or how well Williams played, or you know how how well Miller played. You know, they kind of gone under the radar, but yeah, you know, you wouldn't say any would have had a bad game on Saturday. It was one of those ones where everyone was probably in contention, not if not for man of the match, to be in and amongst the top three, four players in the game. So yeah, fantastic. We didn't mention Wally. You know, had another really good game. Mm-hmm. Um, probably probably his least effective game for a couple of weeks, I would say, but still still did a good job. So um, unfortunately, none of them uh, enter my top three. So I would say I, I went for a doe. I just I, I felt like his work rate was so big and part of the result um, and he just showed himself to be a bit more of a, of a leader in that attacking role than maybe anyone thought he could be so a great platform again much like the result for the town that's a good platform to him for him to build on and, and add goals to his game so looking forward to seeing him develop even more now under Cottrell um, I would agree with Aid. I went for Goss second place I thought for someone that's been out of the game Training on his own, um, having I think having the sort of assistant, uh, the, the young lads coach, and I think we'll talk about it in a minute, Ollie, won't we? Kind of keeping him fit, obviously frozen out under rickets, all the difficulties he's been through this season to come back and put a performance in like that was fantastic, and he's building on the the sort of cup games he's played now and, and seems to be getting better. So again, could be massive for us. Um, and then I went third for Ebanks, who I thought of the three centre backs was pretty imperious to be honest with you. The amount of headers he won against McGuinness was um, really noticeable, um, and and his overall performance level was great. And even coming forward a couple of times is passing was bang on so couldn't couldn't fault any of those three really they were all really good yeah um i went for for ado ebanks yeah. and vela um, okay. but i didn't actually you know me I was, i'm going to come on to passing stats a bit later on again but ebanks <laughs> passing stats was 21 percent accurate <laughs> so oh, really? oh, he, he made four successful passes in the whole game um, and <laughs> i put him second um, and so that's going to be a little bit damaging for my argument later on but yeah i thought he was really really good um he was really calm um he won a lot of headers he won a lot yeah. of blocks thought he had a really good performance, but it was refreshing to have lots of players um, in, in the top three and in contention. And I actually went for, for Vela. Again, I didn't know his passing percentage was so strong at 92%. But for wow. me, I thought he put a really good shift in. I thought the block tackles, um, the, the work rate he did. Um, yeah, I went for Norburn for similar reasons last week, but I thought I'd go for Vela this week. Yeah, and lucky to miss out a few play- players there, to be fair. And um, so that was great. I have to be honest with you, Ollie, when we cover this next section. I enjoyed the win so much, I decided to go and get a couple of rum and cokes out of the fridge and uh, get a, a brazier lit in our garden across from our neighbours, across this little fence, and went outside and had a, a nice evening. So I didn't actually listen to Steve Cottrell until today when I, when I covered the, the highlights of it. But it sounds like, Ollie, you are enamoured with the man and his interviews and the amount of detail and interesting comments you're getting, even though apparently it was done over Skype with Mark Elliott on, on, the, on the laptop. Was that a bit weird? Yeah, so I, was, I listened to uh, BBC Sounds for a bit just to listen to um, Cottrell. And then, like you, um, I went into the kitchen, started cooking some tea and, yeah, listened to some music, singing along with a pint of beer. So, yeah, very high. I, I described to um, – um, there's a guy called Edward who's, uh, who does, like, lower league football coverage. Um, and that was on Cloud9. Um, yeah. and that's how I felt after the game. But, yeah, the manager is just – it's just so refreshing. Just to, he's, he's not scared to share a bit of information. Um, and he's not scared to, and he's, you know, wants to bring the fans along on the journey. So, yeah, he said that, um, you know, things are looking up and work with, you know, it was a nice, get to have a clean week with the, with the players. And it was, you know, it was a great opportunity um, to kind of work on the players. And he said, we're really up mm-hmm. to training on, on Tuesday. So that was really good. Um, talking about a doe, he said he was absolutely first class. He thanked everyone. He thanked the players, the staff, and then he gave an extra thanks to a doe. So I thought that was quite interesting. He shared that. Um, and then, yeah, he was just saying about, um, you know, he said that the change in the, the tempo of the training kind of changed a glint of the players' eyes. He gave them Wednesday off and they came back on Thursday. And yeah, it was good. And then he, those, we were discussing about, uh, Mark Elliott was doing the interview, so it was it was good, some good questions. Um, and he said, you know, at first they were telling him stuff and then he was, tra- um, you know, showing them in training. Um, and then you have to remind them. And he said, slowly we're adding more things into the mix, which is good. Um, talking to players, he said, Norburn and Fella were superb. Um, and then, yeah, he's talking about kind of pre-match as well. And we've kind of used that in the game where he's talking yeah. about, you know, Honeyman is really good um, and he's top assists in the league. 
Um, so that was good as well. And yeah, just a real team effort. And he, he was really keen to kind of stress that, you know, we've got some really good people here. So he was talking about the analysts, the staff, mm. the assistant manager, the fitness coach, the physio. Um, and yeah, well, we'll come on to um, the under 18s manager again a bit later. But yeah, interesting. It's a real big team effort there. Yeah. What, what have you made in terms of listening to Steve Cottrell so far, Aid, in terms of how he comes across and, and you know, what, what he's presenting himself as? Oh, I think, listen, he, he comes across as a very professional guy, hard mm. work ethic, uh, a student of the game, a football man. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely perfect fit as a town manager. I think, uh, you know, he's the sort of town manager that we like, isn't he? You know, he d- doesn't suffer fools gladly. I, I wouldn't mess with the guy for sure. It, it's just maybe what we need. We need that guy who's got that experience. And yeah, I mean, I, I listen to his interviews now and it doesn't bore me. I, You know, I'm really interested in what he wants to say. R- really good so um, far. It's interesting. I've seen a few people and I think it's a reasonable comparison. He's obviously got a lot more experience than this manager, but in terms of a way he presents himself, the sort of attitude he applies to the game and how, how studious he is and the thought that goes into his post-matches and obviously, um, and, and obviously the way he's sets teams up it kind of is a comparison to Gary Peters obviously two different mm. levels I suppose but strikes me very much of a Gary Peters a, a mode and I remember going in and I've met quite a lot of the shoot manager over the last few years obviously we met Ricketts and I've been in and spoke with Mellon and um not Askey because he wasn't here long enough but I also went and met Gary Peters once and, and had a chat with him for, for stuff about the fanzine and and you know that man worked his bollocks off for the football club so I imagine Steve Cottrell is going to be a similar mode and he isn't going to shirk any responsibility at the football club he's going to do his very best for for us and um it's it's really easy to listen to him um and and he and he gives us a lot more Ollie so I, I was going to ask you Ali one last question what do you think is the reason why they did the interview like they did you know with with, with it being Mark Elliott from the studio rather than Dunny maybe it was tier three uh, yes yeah Good maybe show. that was the reason, or maybe just the way that Hull have been doing it, so they yeah. found it. Maybe they've put different rules in place. Okay, interesting. I just wondered. Um, and should just yeah, we should just say. I suppose there was another interview post match, wasn't there? Which again was was absolutely fascinating, Ollie. Yeah, yeah, it was really interesting. So yeah, so so Gossie was interviewed, um, and he was yeah positive about you know in terms of um, getting back and getting playing again. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting. You talked about uh, about the under um, under nineteen manager David helping him out a lot, and he was training with the with the kids, which we didn't know before. Um, yeah. And basically, he was kind of you know when he played in the Oxford game, he thought that was going to be him until January when we could kind of get back in the squad. Um, and he was just trying to keep fit and kind of wait for his time. But then when he found out that he was in the squad, in the match day squad, as we alluded to last week, we found out that you know we registered two more players and took up the last slots. Um, yeah. For me, I don't want to, I want to kind of move on from the past, um, yeah. but it just tells you a lot that the manager was either too shy, too scared, or couldn't be bothered to tell the player the truth, what was really going on. Um, and I just, I don't know, I just, I just think it's a, it's a shame for the player um, to kind of not be told the truth. Um, but I guess as a positive for us now, we've got a, a player back in the squad, and, and for me, Goss is one of our better players, so I'm really pleased he's back in the team. Me too. If SA, I think that we, we uh, someone highlighted him on the pre-match podcast, the, the pre-season podcast, where we looked at who was going to be our player of the season. I can't remember what it was now. He said he was going to be the player of the season, and um, you know maybe he'll, he'll go on and kick on from here now. But certainly the sort of player we should have involved. And it did feel like a bit of a waste, uh, a didn't it, with him not being involved at all um, uh, under Ricketts. It was a bit of an odd one, wasn't it? Again, I, I, the more time goes on, and, and again I agree with Ollie. We don't want to harp back to the past, no. but. The more time goes on, the more you think, hang on a minute, what on earth was going on? Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously he didn't see, he saw something in Goss that he thought, well, it wasn't going to work in this sort of new system that he wanted to play. But then Cottrell, I think, has shown that, you know, actually he is the right guy to play in, in a system. And, and yeah, a guy with his talent, I, I just don't get it. I, I really don't. But, hey, you know, he's got the opportunity now. He's grabbed it with both hands. Absolutely brilliant. And let's hope we see more from him. And he deserves the credit for his professionalism, in my view. You know, the fact that he's trained with kids, but he's kept himself fit enough that he's come into the team and doesn't actually look unfit um, and, has, yeah. and has been good enough to play games. You know, that shows to me that he's a very, very good professional footballer that is, you know, knows the way the game goes. And there's always a chance that he can kind of, you know, be stepping in somewhere or or keeping himself fit enough for the next move. So I'm, I'm glad he's back involved and I'm looking forward to see, see more than that, interestingly. So there we go. I was going to ask you guys one question, whether you could disagree with me, but I was thinking about how long it's been since we won away at a 
a, a so-called big club or a, or a club doing really, really well in the league. And I went through a lot of the lit fixtures and stuff. And I, I think that, you know, in terms of best away victories in the league, take out the playoffs, obviously, I think you have to go back to February 2018 under Hurst when we won at Charlton um, in the league that season, yeah. um, which was a massive result for us. You know, and that's a long time ago, 2018. You know, it's got to be one of the best away results in two years. I don't know if you can, you know, you probably can't identify anything between, but I, I think that's fair. I don't know if you guys disagree. Um, yeah, I wouldn't disagree with you, Glenn. I think um, Charlton was was an amazing result. I was, mm. I was sort of just trying to think back. You know, obviously Blackpool back this time last year, we went up there, didn't we? We didn't expect yep. to, to get anything, and we got a really good win. And we thought, right, maybe we're starting to go somewhere under Ricketts. So I was sort of trying to think back, maybe to sort of Portsmouth games and things like that. But we haven't now won there for a little bit, have we? Yeah, I wouldn't disagree. That day at Charlton was amazing, wasn't it? With yeah. the following we had and everything. So, uh, yeah, but it's a shame we couldn't be there, isn't it? But, you know, still a great win. And, and Ollie, you know, I, I won't ask you, Ollie, because it is a bit of an unfair question. And just take my word for it. You know, there hasn't been many away victories between that Charlton victory and, and let's get into where we are now. Certainly not a big clubs. Um, but, yeah, Aid recognised there was, there was the one there, wasn't there? But um, in terms of overall this season, the interesting another interesting stat just while we get to the end of this section is obviously that's a one away win for Steve Cottrell in 2020 um, in the league and Sam Ricketts only achieved two in 2020 so if we can win one more away game he's, he's already equaled Sam Ricketts um, Sam Ricketts away record in 2020 which is bizarre isn't it it's the way that's gone under Ricketts um, and just to finish this off obviously we don't want to harp on on the past and, and it should, we should look at what's moving on but Sam Ricketts has now moved on to being a pundit um, covering Bolton games by the look of it and I, I saw one quote from him right at the end of the game and, and it did make me chuckle and, and this is more of a, a laugh really than any comment on Sam Ricketts but one of his comments about Bolton when they threw a lead away against I think they were playing I can't remember they were playing playing someone in League 2 and they threw a lead away at the end Sam Ricketts had the balls to say Bolton have got to be better at closing games out and I thought mate I mean <laughs> In your time in Tuesday Town in the last six to eight weeks, what on earth are you talking about? So I thought, you know, man's still got some bollocks, hasn't he, to, to say things like that after how his record had gone. So there we go. He's, he's on to punditry duty and he's probably earning more money. But um, <laughs> there we go. That's what Sam Rick is up to. <laughs> cool. So, yeah, I think that closes the game out. A fantastic yep. win. Um, and yeah, we um, yeah we planned we wanted to have a discussion um, last week, but we kind of come if we ran out of time or what. But yeah, we wanted to have a discussion where we were about looking ahead, and we, and we were going to start doing that by having a debate a bit about with about Matt Miller. Um, yeah. And this kind of started in a bit of a chat that me and Glenn have got going with a couple of fans um, about well, yeah, what we kind of think of the player. And, you know, is he? You know, do we should we sign him? Um, so yeah, let's have that discussion. Ball is deep. Waterfall round the back. Should have scored. Doesn't matter. So, yeah, Salop News, I suppose we're going to have a quick look at the league table. Um, but we, as we said, we're going to quickly talk about um, Matt Miller because we had a bit of a discussion last week about Ollie Norburn and, and kind of when we were doing that, we, we, we were talking offline about Miller and we didn't quite agree on a couple of things. But f for me, you know, it's been brought up again this week because it's a bit more important than that there was apparently a, a clause that we had to sign by um, early December to, to kind of have the option on keeping Miller into, into January. And we don't know the details of that deal, but, you know, that's sort of the news that's been reported. And interestingly, it might not have been triggered. Um, so... Why? You know, to me, um, my personal view is that he's been really good since he joined the football club, you know, attacking and defending. He's looked like one of the more solid players we've had at right back in the in the last couple of seasons, really. So I, I'm a big fan of the guy and I, I would personally in, in January be looking to bring him in. But I do understand that Cottrell's probably going to have his players that he's worked with before and in his favourites and he didn't bring Miller in initially. So I can understand why he doesn't want to. But for, for me, he's, he's been really good and I, I haven't really been able to be too critical of him during this time. But I don't know. I, I know you feel a little bit different, maybe Ollie, than I do, but I, I'd keep I keep him on. Yeah, well, um, Aid, what do you think? What's your opinion of uh, seeing Matt Miller? <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting one. I think he's done okay. Um, you know, he, he's looked good. I, I like the guy from Fulham, but before him, Fossey was there. And I think it, it just depends. I think on what he wants to do. Does he want to to come to the UK and further his career, or does he want to go back to Newcastle and and then have another good season in the A League and then kick on from there? If if he wants to come here, then I think we should sign him. You, yeah. Then you sort of think, have we got enough room to sign the three of them, Daniels, Pugh, and then uh, Miller? And as you said, as Cottrell got his eyes already on people that he wants to bring in, but then that means we've got to ship people out, and I think yeah. we will. So, yeah, I, I'd sign him. I think he, he's a decent uh, player. There's nothing that he's done that has made me think, oh, no. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely a thumbs up to sign him. Cool. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I've just, for me, I think my, my first point is I've been a bit confused 
by the kind of for me i sense there's like this anama kind of quote a big call on the fan base to sign him um and that he's been yeah he's overawn so that's my i don't know is, is that how you've seen things glint most fans want to sign him i, I think so looking at social yeah. media and kind of listening to what people say i think you know and it comes and it comes from the same thing that you know aids pointed out is kind of back backed up what i said a little bit i suppose in that he hasn't really made any errors he hasn't let us down at any point and his work rate is good and his you know, maturity is something I think we've been lacking in some games this season. And I certainly think that, yeah, he's not he's not getting massively better game on game, but he's settling. He's he's becoming consistent. He was, a you know, he still played pretty much every game under Cottrell. So we can't think he's a poor player. Um, and he was really good in, in our best win of the season. So there's, there's nothing really to, to poke too many holes with him. I know that there's a few stats and bits and pieces knocking around that don't make him look too impressive. But I suspect given a run of games, that'll improve as well. Yeah, for me, I think it's always a failure and a a kind of a trap to fall in is to to view a player versus your own players. And yeah, he probably is. He probably is the best um, fit right back. Well, to be honest, we probably isn't really anyone else who can play there because um, Love isn't registered. um, Sears is not fully fit. um, And yeah, Fossey's injured. So he's actually really the only option we've got. and yes, for me, like so, if you're playing wing back, you need for me, you need to kind of impact three parts of the game. So clearly defending, um, and then and transition, and then kind of creating assists. Um, as a positive, I'd say he's 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 definitely athletic. I yep. mean, he's definitely an outlet for for aerial balls. Basically, every single goal kick we took went towards him. Um, and for me, there's definitely a player there potentially. Um, but for me, is he is he better than than is he is he a good? You know, when I sign, I want us to sign good League One players, not just average ones. And for me, he's he's very average. Um, I I did a bit of research, so I spoke to an analyst I know um, and asked him about how good is he at tackling, because that for me is never really a strength. I thought, and to be good, you know, to be good um, at tackling in League One level, you need to be winning kind of over sixty percent of your kind of tackles, and he's down at fifty percent, fifty one percent. So that's not good. And just for context, Pierre and. E. Banks and um, Williams are all in the 60s. Um, then another stat I looked at was his passing, um, and his passing stats are pretty poor. So he, he his pass accuracy is like 55%. So that means one in two passes he actually finds a player, which for me mm. isn't very good. And you can compare that to to Goldborn, who's in the high 70s. Um, for me, that's not impressive. Um, and by the manager, and the manager was asked about Miller, I should say. Um, and the manager said he needs to improve his understanding of the game. Um, he wants to score and he turns up in the box and you think, how on earth has he got there? And what he can't do is run off shape and get in. We helps mm. get hit on the counter. And that was before the Charlton game um, where he was out of place when the Charlton hit us on the counter and they scored. So for me, I, I just I think he, he does the stuff. He, for me, he, does, he makes a superficial impression that he's impacting the game. But when it comes to the te- technical aspects of the games, I think he's he's average. I, I guess it's it's you know, and those things those comments are fair, Ollie. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. You know, we all have different views on players. To me, I think there's there's also that that un, untangible thing of potential as well. That yeah, yeah he's know. definitely got potential. And I said yeah. that at the start. I think he has got potential. But do we want to pay for him? And is, is there maybe better players out there? I don't know. Who knows how much he would cost for a start, I suppose. But yeah, I guess that if you're paying for players, you want to make sure that that money is particularly focused. But for me, what I was going to, we're going to say there is that, you know, he's, yeah, that, that potential is something we can potentially nurture. But he's not been in this team all season. You know, he's only just come in, what was it, at the end of November and started to get involved and, and be playing games regularly. And obviously, new manager change. There's been a lot of things for him to adapt to. So I wouldn't have expected his stats to be as good as a Pierre or an Ebanks or anyone yet because they're, they're seasoned League One players. This is his first crack at, at league football. So, you know, there's a lot of things for him to be adapting to and changing to. And, and you know, for all we know, Cottrell could have said that because he believes he's the sort of man and the sort of intelligent, mature player that can take on his comments and can improve in potentially a short period of time. It's it's easy for us to compare him against the other right-backs we've got because, you know, at the moment he's, he seems to have been better than all of them. But it's difficult for us to compare him against right-backs that Cottrell could be bringing in because we don't know who they are at the moment, do we, I suppose? So it, it is an interesting debate. I mean, you know, for, for a bloke to just be dispensed of um, now as as he's been, um, if he was a free transfer, it'd be a no-brainer. You'd bring him in and even if he ended up being your backup right-back all season, that would be pretty positive. But I don't know, what did you make of those stats that Ollie brought out, AD? You know, does it does it kind of make you think again or are you still, still content? <laughs> it, 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 it's... It's brilliant, actually, when Ollie comes out with his stats. It does, you know, it just reminds me of Moneyball. But um, yeah, it, it, stats are there to, you know, to guide you, aren't they? And mm-hmm. it, it's in, it's interesting that what Ollie says, the perception of the play, the perception of what you see, actually isn't backed up by the stats. Because uh, I would, I wouldn't have thought those stats 
really were right, but but obviously they are. Um, but then that does lead you to the question, right, if he is producing those stats, is he still learning the game in the UK? Yes. Could he then become a better player? Yes. Has Kotcher got somebody in better that he's thinking about? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it goes on. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah it's nice I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't cry into my beer if we did sign him. <laughs> I just, I just wonder, um, and it would be fascinating to see, you know, if Keith Burke can find players better than him. Yes, yes. Um, I hope we can. But for me, yeah, he's just an interesting one, and yeah, he's, and also just worth adding as well that he played right wing for um for, for Newcastle Jets mm-hmm. and he's playing wing back now and Ricketts saw him as a right back so yeah another <laughs> bit of an odd one there so he's learning a new role yeah it, it'd be interesting it's a it's a two it's two it's a bit of a marker really isn't it one on our recruitment you know if we go out and bring someone in to play right back for the rest of the season and he doesn't actually you know he starts making mistakes and you know doesn't doesn't look quite as good as Miller it's a bit of a knock on our recruitment strategy again and, and seeing where we're going with the new new team um but on the flip side if he goes back to Australia or someone else is aware that um Someone that's got a bit of potential in the football league gives us gives him a punt. He does well elsewhere. That also changes the narrative, doesn't it? But at the end of the day, this is this is for us to discuss. But um, yeah. it's going to be Steve Cox. And an interesting one as well is we've got Love, and I wouldn't say he's any much particularly better than Love. And oh, considering well, Love is on contracted, my brother reminded me at the last home game that I quite liked Love. I totally forgot, and I really liked Donald Love when he first came yeah. into the team. He started really well, didn't he? He started the season yeah. so well. Yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> well, what happened? Um, but yeah, so I might have to go back to some Donald Love, Love, if he ever gets back in the team. But I suspect to be gone in January. So there we go. In in terms of moving on from Miller, do you, you know, we 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 kind of mentioned the league table. Ollie, we've moved up a little bit, but I don't know any anything standing out to you in League One in terms of where teams are kind of finding themselves at the moment. Yeah, I thought it was just worth making a bit of an observation about how you know we've played um, five of the top six teams now. But none of them are really standing out, are they? Like Peterborough looked pretty good, but they've been quite shaky since Portsmouth. Um, you know, we played them at the start of the season, weren't very good, and they find themselves now in third, uh, which is quite interesting because their fans wanted their manager to be sacked, and now they're third and absolutely flying. Right. And for me, I think, think for me, my biggest takeaway from looking at the league table is that we really shouldn't fear anyone. I don't know what you guys think about that. Yeah, would yeah. you say there's any team we played this season who've been exceptional and and smashed us? Because even Peter did it with you know against a very poor team. But I don't know, is any any anyone standing out for you, or, or is there anyone that we should be fearing? No. Absolutely oh, not. And I think that's what <laughs> result proved, isn't it? Is yeah. that even when you think about it, even when we've been bad, there's been an excuse, really, hasn't there? Forget mm. the thing. Peterborough, yeah, we had a guy sent off, heads fell. The other games, Pete, uh, Portsmouth did really well. You know, probably unlucky not to win there, if we're honest. You know, Ipswich, if we'd have played like we did yesterday at Ipswich, we'd have won yeah. one well, wouldn't we? So you then think, well, teams aren't really battering us. So is it just a league that actually if you can string a few results together and, and get the confidence, you can have a real good go? Uh, maybe you're looking at Lincoln. Um, mm. That that sort of thing. Is it a team like us can come through and you haven't got, you know, is a Sunderland going to start to pick up suddenly like they seem to? Are Portsmouth going to get going? You know, are Peterborough going to finally do it type thing? Yeah, I don't think there's any team in this league that really, I think, can't be beaten. And I think after yesterday's performance, even more so. Oh, yeah. You might not be able to answer this straight away, Ollie, but who who are the best team you think we played this season? Ooh, it's hard, isn't it? Team. Probably to the best squad, I'd probably say maybe Pompey, maybe. Best squad yeah. in terms of, you know, Curtis as a standout, you know, good strikers and uh, good players. Peterborough have probably got some of the probably best standout players as well. Um, but no one's looked like a solid unit, have they? You know, Ipswich have got a really good squad as well. Obviously, we haven't seen Sunderland yet. And obviously, they won 4 0 on the weekend. So, yeah, for me, I just thought it was an interesting observation that, you know, there's even the bigger teams and stuff that don't look particularly proficient. And they've kind of been struggling. <laughs> Stanley was a good team as well. You know, we haven't played crew yeah. yet, but Stanley I thought were a good team. And, Fle- and Fleetwood are always good. So I just think there's like lots of like, you know, decent sides. But it's not like, you know, it's not like the season when we had um, Blackburn Rovers and Wigan and they blew the league away in terms of their quality. Uh, we're not, it's not that kind of league. It is weird, isn't it? I remember thinking Plymouth were all right. And they've just lost five on the spin. You know, they started the season pretty well, got up to 19 points. They've just stagnated since then. So there's some quite odd things going on in the league. But um, there's certainly, you know, when you look at the form table now, there's certainly 
teams who are having much worse time of it than us all of a sudden with two draws and a win to kind of sort of steady the ship really so um you know it, it's it's interesting there are some teams that are starting to nosedive a little bit and, and that game in hand could help propel us up a little bit and, and put us back in the pack really which would be fantastic if we can get back in the pack or just beyond the coattails of any kind of, of relegation you know dogfight and 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 kind of keeping ourselves out of trouble that's all we need to do in terms of getting to christmas i think and we, yeah. we go from there but you know as we said that wouldn't sure the most for me the biggest takeaway um before we do predictions yeah. is i'm actually now just really looking forward to the rest of the season Yes. Every game now, I'm just looking forward to it because we've got we've got the exciting January transfer window to come, and yeah, two thirds of the season to come, and yeah, I don't dread watching Shrewsbury Town now game now, and I'm just genuinely looking forward to the rest of the season. And, and Aid, I think that's it's a fair comment. What he just said then is you'd think we should you know sell all two thousand tickets for that Sunderland game next Saturday. You know, a big team coming to town and a bit more of a feel good factor. You kind of think you know maybe this is the time now for, for for the fans to kind of kick on and help the team to to, to take up that next step really. Yeah, absolutely. I, again, I think it's just giving us that little bit of an oomph, isn't it? It's like, ah, mm-hmm. oh, right, we can beat Holt. Depends on what we do against Lincoln, I think, as well. But yeah, I don't think we should fear Sunderland coming next Saturday. I know they thumped Lincoln yesterday, but you know what? You know, we, I think as long as we battle and we do what we did yesterday, then we've got every chance, haven't we? Yeah, and we just when you look at the next five fixtures. We've got Lincoln, Sunderland, and then we've got Doncaster Rovers, Wigan and Blackpool, which all of a sudden seem look like much more winnable and favourable games. Everything looks much more winnable when you beat the team top of the table that previous no, Saturday. No, but under having a new manager. But for me, I'm just, yeah, just summarising the kind of yeah, feel-good factor I've got around the club yes. all of a sudden. It oh. feels like, yeah, looking forward to it, looking forward to the future rather than dreading it. Yep, so doing predictions, Ola, you're obviously going to go for us to beat Sunderland. And and as Aid said, they did win yesterday and a good result as well. But you know, that's their first win in that's their first win in five. They've drawn two, lost one. Sorry, drawn three, lost one, and won one in the last five. So they're not in sparkling form. In fact, we've picked up, you know, only one point less than them in the last five games. So again, nothing to be fearful about. So we're gonna go and smash them, aren't we, Ollie? Oh, I've I've no idea. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'd love to answer this question after the Lincoln game, um, okay. but I think it's going to be a, a good contest. I'm going to go for two or draw. Two or draw. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll keep the. I don't think we'll. I think we might step off our levels a little bit against Lincoln, just from the fact that you know we don't have that kind of week to prepare this week, and and you know some of the fitness levels, of the players we have been noted this season are not great. So I think we might you know find ourselves a level dropping against Lincoln, and then maybe getting back to our best against Sunderland. So I, I don't know. Let's be positive. I'll go for us to win. You know, one nil, similar to last season. Get a get a goal, similar to Saturday, in fact, and just hold on competently. What about you, Aid? One uh, one for me. One one. There you go. Any justification? Or just what you're feeling? <laughs> um, I don't want to blow it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. That's good. Blow it really. So I can come next week and say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There we go. Well, there we go, Ollie. Positive pod. It's it's nice to get a win, and it was a very important win. A very kind of you know twenty three years without a win there, historic win, and just just an all round good week. So uh, uh, I say, yeah, don't know where to leave it. Really, thanks to, thanks to Aid for coming on. I suppose. Not a problem. Yeah, thanks Aid for coming on. It's a pleasure having you on. It's good to hear your thoughts. Good stuff. <laughs> Okay, and yeah, and we'll be back next Sunday. Um, in terms of in terms of uh, guests, we're trying to get uh, obviously Aid's an old voice on this podcast now. He's been on loads of times, and then obviously everyone likes listening to Aid. I think, but um, yeah, we're trying to get some new new voices on in the next few weeks, Ollie. So I've lined up a couple of um, couple of uh, more away sports players, a little bit like Aid, and a few people have been on. But yeah, some of some of our younger fans really, which should be interesting. Um, so yeah, lots to look forward to. I think in the next few weeks with the with the town and the podcast, Ollie. Yeah, yeah. As we get into Christmas, yeah, it's going to be good fun. So yeah, thanks guys for listening. And uh, yeah, we'll be back again next week.